The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you right here on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot for being with us, and we appreciate our valued sponsors here at the Advisors Roundtable. So, Bubba... Does it make any difference whether you have an answer to the question when you're standing in the grocery store line and they're like, what do you think is going to happen? It depends on the answer to the question. <laughs> do, do they ask you that very often? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get that all the time. What do you think is going to happen? Mm-hmm. Do they start it with that mm-hmm. that exact question out of the blue and you don't know what it is? Yeah, yeah. Some derivation yeah. of what do you, that question. What do you think yeah. is going to happen? Yeah. Well. Uh, in the I, I SEC say, football yeah. or in the Hold economy? On, let me pull out my crystal ball. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, though, you take it for granted that they're talking about economics and stock mm-hmm. market yeah. and recession and that uh, sort of thing. Yeah, or political. You know, I mean, yeah. I guess it depends on the time timing of the question. Okay. You know, what's most uh, persistent or relevant going on in the world today? Yeah, in the news. In the news, yeah. All right. Uh, so, outlook, mm-hmm. market outlook, yeah. economic outlook, mm-hmm. is that what they're really trying to get you to give them? Uh, usually, yeah. And, and, you know, frankly, the uh, the news programs that I watch, mm-hmm. um, it, it's mostly financial news you know, things around that area. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to world events, you know, unless it's something major going on, then mm-hmm. I, I'm sometimes unaware, mm-hmm. right? Uh, unless it's one of those leading things like the war in Ukraine or sure. something like that. Sure. But, um, you know, yeah. you're really not worried that yeah. much. About- A senatorial race in Arizona, you know, doesn't <laughs> pick up on my radar. Yeah. All right. So when people ask you what's going to happen... Um, and they're probably talking about politics mm-hmm. or economics. Do you have an answer? Do you have a pat answer when you just give them whether the market's up or the market's down, or whether you know Republicans or Democrats look like they're going to control the House, or you know, are you specific related to what's happening right now? I, I think uh, you know one of my pat answers, uh, and, and I haven't used it in quite some times. I, I can tell people, you know, one thing's for sure, mm-hmm. things will change. <laughs> and they always have, haven't mm-hmm. they? Right? So does it make any difference whether you have an outlook or not? I, I think that, um, um, yes, having opinions and having an outlook, while uh, may not have um, a, or make a difference to the individual asking the question, Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it gives them maybe a little bit of assurance at some times, right? That you're trying to keep your finger on the pulse? Uh, well, either that or that um, that you're just aware of things, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they're, they're just looking for some sort of validation of their own opinion. Mm-hmm. 
And, um, you know, so people have asked me from from time to time about, you know, various topics, that sort of thing. And I may give them an answer that is totally different than what their opinion is. Okay. Right? Yeah. How does that play out? Yeah. Uh So usually they're a little befuddled and like, well, I can't believe anybody thinks differently than I do, (laughs) you know? Any reasonable yeah, person would right. think like I do. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, you've got instances, I guess, where people ask you those questions and you give an answer uh, or an opinion that may be totally contrary to what their opinion is. Okay. And sometimes they say, well, you know, I didn't think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's a kind of mm-hmm. a political thing. And they're yeah. leaning a certain way? Well, I mean, it could be a political thing. It could be an economic thing. I mm-hmm. mean, you name it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to always revolve around politics. So if if the leading news mm-hmm. is warning of a recession. That, I think that's a perfect example. Okay. Right? Right. The leading news, uh, and, and most people out there would say, oh, we're, we're in a recession or we're going into a recession. Mm-hmm. As of now, you know, the end of December 2022, mm-hmm. we have not announced, or the, the, the powers that be have not announced that we're in recession yet. No. No. They they haven't, and they may. They may. But they, they may, may not. They may not. Yeah. And so my question is, does it make a difference to you? That, well, to me. Like to Bubba Labus. Does yeah. it make any difference to you if we go if we have a recession? Not, no, it doesn't. All right, so in yeah. the past, you've lived through recessions? We've lived through recessions before. We've lived through downturns in the market. We've well, when through... was that, about 10 years ago? Or have we had one fairly recently, uh, one that you can think of like related to yeah. some yeah. other instance? Well, so the, the most recent recession, I think, was 2008 and nine. Okay. We're well overdue. Okay. All now, right. there have been downturns and pullbacks in the meantime, mm-hmm. which are very normal courses of, of events in the, in the overall stock market and equity markets and the economy. Right? So did we have a recession related to COVID? Uh, no, we did not. Oh, really? And they shut down everything? They shut down everything, yeah. Everybody had to wear a mask? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and even... In 2018... Yeah. When we had a government shutdown mm-hmm. and a trade war with China towards mm-hmm. the end of 2018, mm-hmm. uh, that did not cause a recession. Okay. You know, 2016, I think when Brexit occurred, mm-hmm. uh, other things going on in the market at that time. Mm-hmm. There was no recession at that time. Okay. So what is a recession? The technical def- definition. No, well, so the technical definition has changed. Oh. Right? Yeah. Really? The, uh, the Is that a kind of a political thing, you I, think? I think it is. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Go ahead. The, the, the standard definition would be uh, two negative quarters in a row mm-hmm. of uh, uh, GDP. GDP. Kind so of gross. Uh, gross domestic product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's basically uh, a negative um, percentage rate of the amount of uh, products that are produced domestically. Okay. All right. And... Uh, that has happened mm-hmm. quite often, sure. Th- um, over time, mm-hmm. and on on average, I think somewhere around every four to five years, mm-hmm. you get that right. Mm-hmm. So if you go back to two thousand eight and nine, mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at fourteen years ago, mm-hmm. right? It's it's well overdue. Yeah, yeah. And when we came out of that recession, what happened? Well, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that. And does it really make any? difference what somebody else thinks and their outlook is 
related to the economy or politics from the Advisors Roundtable. Thanks a lot for listening to the Advisors Roundtable here on Super Talk Radio. This is Certified Financial Planner Greg Cooley along with Certified Financial Planner Bubba Labus here at the Advisors Roundtable talking about outlook. Economic outlook, uh, what's going to happen with politics, what's going to happen geopolitically, what's the outlook for a new coming year or for the next season. And, and it's all interesting stuff to talk about, and we talking heads that are on the radio or doing podcasts or on television or whatever, we got to fill the, the airwaves with something. But I'm just wondering, Bubba, if you look back, you know, you've been doing this financial planning thing, this gig for a number of years and talked to thousands of people and lots of Mm -hmm. clients. And so if you were to, you know, say, okay, everybody wants to be Daddy Warbucks, like old Phil sitting sitting over here, our executive producer. Everybody wants to be Phil. Well, if you could tell uh, a kid graduating high school or college three or four characteristics about Phil. Okay about his economic, uh, financial, uh, personal decisions that got him to be Daddy Warbucks. What would be two or three of those characteristics that you would throw out there? And not just Phil, all the other Daddy and Mama Warbucks people around the world. I would say that uh, consistency. Number one's consistency. Yeah. So what's he doing consistent? Yeah. What do I mean by that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, during the working years or even, you know, after the working years, Mm -hmm. they consistently save and they have, um, I want to call it maybe a methodology that they use Mm -hmm. for dollars that come in and go dollars that go out. Okay. They know that they're going to save X amount. They're going to invest X amount. They're only going to live on X amount of dollars. So they're consistent. Every month? Every month. Isn't, I guess that's the definition every week, of consistency. Every year. Yeah. Despite the economic mm-hmm. outlook. Despite the economic outlook. Despite the fears of recession. Mm-hmm. Despite the increases of interest rates by the Fed. Right. Despite what happens geopolitically mm-hmm. or wars of rumors of war. Mm-hmm. He did that? Right. Going back 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, I, I 40 years? I would say years? over their lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, they've done that. So number one's consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Despite despite what's going on around him or her. Yeah. All right. Give me another characteristics of, of one of these successful people financially. Now, did, uh, did, was he born with a silver spoon in his mouth? Absolutely not. And, he was not. And the majority of these individuals that we're talking about that, mm-hmm. that are the daddy warbucks of today or the mama warbucks of today mm-hmm. have not been born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Exactly. And quite you know, actually. They did it the old-fashioned way. They, they worked hard and saved their money. They earned it. Yeah. Right? Right. All right. So, uh, you know, we like to back up what we say with some mm-hmm. statistics. Statistics show that um, millionaires in America, mm-hmm. 90% of them earned their right. position within their lifetime. That's right. Mm-hmm. Most of the time when we think millionaires, we're thinking, oh, you know, somebody whose mama yeah. left them a lot of money. Right. And some people, you know, do, and that may be mm-hmm. your aspiration to yeah. be able to help the next generation mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things, but only 10%. And I would include in that category uh, the of uh, uh, you know, that 90% of individuals in America, they're millionaires mm. who did it on their own. Mm-hmm. Even if they did inherit anything, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it got them there a little bit sooner, but they would have been there anyway. Mm-hmm. Because of these characteristics right. we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. So the first characteristic is consistency. Right. 
I think another characteristic <coughs> characteristic is uh, they're opportunistic. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, and here's what I mean by that. Uh, if you're opportunistic, uh, you see uh, opportunities and you're able to calculate and judge risk. Okay. So any opportunity carries a level of risk with it, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, Daddy Warbucks decides, hey, you know what? I, I think there's this opportunity here to go into this business, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you judge that, and based on what you're willing to lose mm-hmm. in that business mm-hmm. versus the merits of that business and, and what you may gain from it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think there's a level of uh, opportunistic uh, behavior there that, that most of these individuals uh, possess and carry out. All right. Does that mean he, he has to run out and start his own business to be considered to be opportunistic, or he can see what other people do and he invests in those businesses? I, I think he, and either one, really, okay. right? right? The point there being that you have to get back to the consistency, mm. right? So he consistently saves okay. so that he has the, the cash available mm-hmm. to opportunistically invest in whatever uh, thing that he wants to invest in. Yeah, and you said that they, they uh, measure the risk. Right. So let's just think about this practically. Let's mm-hmm. say that, you know, he started out when he was really young, 20 years old, and he's saving a little bit of money, and he, he, he's trying to be consistent, and he realizes that life happens, and he doesn't want to use a lot of debt, and he wants to have some freedoms, and he can do that because mm-hmm. he has money. You know, my first economics professor told, told us, said, um, if you save money, you'll have money. All right. So, right. <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, just mm-hmm. it, it's not rocket science. So he was doing this consistent thing. I, I told somebody that last week, <clears throat> that, you know, I, I handed them a card for something so they could get in touch with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they said, oh, financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to come see you one day when I have some money. <laughs> And, uh, you know, without even thinking, I said, well, you need to come see me so you'll have some money. So you will have some money, right? And so let's say uh, Phil was doing that very early on. Mm -hmm. He gets to a certain point and he says, you know what? Maybe 15 to 20% of what I've saved, I'm willing to take risk with. Right. Now, I'm not going to risk my house. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not going to risk this uh, this rainy day fund over here and, you know, whatever, but I got this extra money over here, and, hey, down there on the corner, there's a lot of traffic. Yeah. I think a grocery store or a convenience store mm-hmm. would do well there. Right. Or I've heard about this thing called Apple mm-hmm. and this thing called Tesla and there's this thing called Amazon. Right. Maybe I'll take some of this money. So he segregated the money mm-hmm. and evaluated his risks. Yeah. Not really going to lose everything. That's right. He may lose everything in this little pile over Mm -hmm. here. I had an interview the other day with a billionaire, a guy who has created a billion in his lifetime. Right. He didn't inherit a whole lot of money. And one of the things he said, you know, they're they're like, you know, I guess you're a billionaire and you're about 65, 70 years old. He said, well, yeah. And they said, well, you know, I guess everything you've touched has turned to gold. Mm Mm-hmm. You know how many things have gone kaput that I've right. invested in? Yeah, I was about to bring that up without you even mentioning it. But mm-hmm. um, I would say that you know, of this ninety percent of millionaires, right, that mm-hmm. are out there, mm-hmm. I bet that they remember and could tell you exactly where certain investments went wrong, mm-hmm. as opposed to all the ones that went right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that's that's human nature. I mean, uh, human nature tells us, and, and statistics tell us that uh, people remember. 
loss mm. twice as much as they remember gain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or the, the feelings associated oh, with it, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. So loss and despair and, uh, you know, things mm. that go wrong, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. people remember twice as much as they do uh, the things that go well. Yeah, because I was having this conversation that will actually prove your point the other day with a guy who played running back when he was in high school. Mm-hmm. He didn't go on to major college. He wasn't a professional or whatever. But, you know, he he scored a few touchdowns in Mm -hmm. high school. But he could tell me about how hard practices were Mm -hmm. and how difficult this coach was and how hard it was to play such and such and that team and whatever. And I'm like, well, how many touchdowns did you score? Well, I I don't remember really. I didn't keep up with that. No. (laughs) You know, here I am 70 years old, and I remember the pain of it. Right. More than I remember, and so that, that reiterates mm-hmm. to you that, you know, we probably do remember. And many people know that about themselves, whether sure. they consciously know that mm-hmm. or not. And so because of that, they can't, uh, it, their personality mm-hmm. can't handle loss. Yeah. And so they never do this opportunistic thing. Mm-hmm. Are there some people like that? Sure yeah. there And are. you need to know that about mm-hmm. your personality? You do. But what we have told you practically is kind of how to do that. Mm-hmm. And that is make sure you got important things taken care of that you're not going to risk. And you only risk the things you can afford to lose. Right. Are you telling people that pretty often when they come and they want to invest? Grandma left me $100,000, want to invest it all, Bubba, and make me a millionaire. I, I had an individual come in last week, uh, had $100,000, and, uh, and you know came about this money uh, rather quickly, okay. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the individual that was in the office was talking to me about it and said, you know, I, I wonder if there's a way that I can, uh, and he didn't use the word leverage, but mm-hmm. basically leverage this and, and turn it into $200,000. Mm-hmm. I said, well, you know, you could probably go to the casino and put it on black, <laughs> you know, that's one option. but based on, you know, risk parameters here, you need to be thinking about a couple other things. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. You need to be thinking about the amount of tax that you're going to pay on this money that you've earned. So wouldn't it be bad if he brought in, uh, this individual brought in this, this $100,000, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Got it invested. Mm-hmm. And given the markets that we're in today, it goes down 20%. And then you've got to sell it for a loss mm-hmm. just to pay your taxes Ooh. from when you earned it. Ooh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, even though you do mm-hmm. point number two, be opportunistic, you got to be intelligent when you do that. You do. Mm-hmm. You got to be informed when you do that. You, you got to be willing to deal with the psychological and the financial ramifications of the hurt. That's right. Or the success mm-hmm. related to that. So, two things we have talked about so far that are characteristics of Daddy Warbucks. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to go to break and come back and talk about a couple more mm-hmm. characteristics of somebody like that and then apply that to how much they pay attention mm-hmm. to what's happening in the world from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified financial planners, Cooley and Labus with you here on Super Talk Radio. And so, Bubba, we've been talking about, you know, does it really make any difference what the outlook for the economy, the, the outlook for the next election, uh, does that sway or change the, the, the course for people who are financially successful. And I'm going to say hardly ever because they're already being consistent, the point that you've made. Mm -hmm. They're already being consistent with their money. Uh, They're already aware of how to kind of weigh risk and take advantage of opportunities. Right. 
Uh, here's number three, and something you're always telling people: live below your means. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean? Uh, practically, practically, uh, it means uh, only spend what you have the ability to pay back. Okay, so if I bring in four thousand dollars a month, mm-hmm. I shouldn't spend more than four thousand dollars. But Bubba, you don't understand what I'm up against and how mm-hmm. that it's just hard for me to predict one month to the next. And life just seems to keep happening to me. Yeah. And have you ever lived with two children? I mean, my Lord. And you're telling me that you can consistently control all that. Yeah. And it comes down to control. Really? Can you control yourself and your spending? Ooh. Does that mean I'm going to have to have some difficult conversations maybe with those people in my house? That's true. Maybe yeah. I have a difficult conversation with myself. Mm-hmm. Maybe I really take out a pencil and sharpen it and get familiar with where my money's going. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because my means, $4,000 a month, anybody ought to be able to live on that, Bub. Right. But I'm not. Because you looked at my financial situation and told me I was $18,000 in credit card debt. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? Well, maybe, maybe you did have something bad happen mm-hmm. to you last year. Yeah. Maybe you got laid off or you got hurt and sick and you, you weren't bringing in $4,000 consistently. Right. But now you are. Mm-hmm. So can we get back on track? Yeah. And learn to live below our means? Certainly you can. And part of that consistent thing that Daddy Warbucks is doing is uh, it, he's intent, uh, intent on doing this every month. Mm-hmm. Not just once every few years when I kind of uh, get enthused and I go to a couple classes and listen to the advisors roundtable on the radio and suddenly uh yeah I'm all about it for a couple months and then I quit keeping up with it one of the the differences and this is another characteristic I think of uh of daddy daddy warbucks types right Mm -hmm. is they've got a um a better sense or a better feel for uh something that I call the fear of failure Okay. All right. So most individuals will not do something based on a fear, and it's usually a fear that they will fail at something. Okay. Um, Individuals who have overcome that fear usually uh, do better financially over a long period of time. All right. So that goes back to taking the risk and taking the chances Mm -hmm. and seeing opportunities, that sort of thing. Because, mm-hmm. as I said, the billionaire said he, he'd seen some of his uh, endeavors go bust. Right. And didn't let that hold him back. And in, and in many cases, it's lots of endeavors that have gone bust. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, let me tell you this. If you're really good at this one thing I'm going to tell you about, only 30% of the time... They're going to write books about you. Mm-hmm. Major League Baseball. Yeah. If you bat 300, mm-hmm. which is 30% of the time, right. you're going to be mm-hmm. a Hall of Famer probably. Sure. If you have a 8, 10, 12-year career. Right. Now, what happens to the other 70%, Bubba? Let's think of a, yeah. a given baseball game. And I, w- mm-hmm. I go up to, to bat. Five times. Mm-hmm. Okay? I may only get a hit once or twice. Right. 
Those other two or three times do I cry and and get depressed and sit in the corner and and say, I ain't ever doing that again. I struck out. That was embarrassing. I had a a conversation with an individual just two nights ago, uh, and he he coaches Little League, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And his rule on his team is that there is no crying in baseball. (laughs) (laughs) So these Little Leaguers get up, you know, and they'll bat, and they'll strike out or do whatever. Yeah. And they'll come back to the bench, and they'll be upset, and they'll be crying about it. Mm -hmm. He says, no, you're sitting the next inning out. There's no crying in baseball. No crying in baseball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You get up there and you Mm -hmm. take your rips. Right. And you do it again. And Mm -hmm. in fact, you know, uh, it's one of the reasons sports is good for people. Sure it is. Because life is a lot Mm -hmm. like it. A lot of time. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, Think about your relationship with women. Did every person you ever ask out say yes? Well, I yeah. <laughs> you're the yeah, total package, right? right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, you think about that. You don't, you know, ask one person to the prom mm-hmm. and she says, I got something else planned yeah. or I'm going with somebody. Yeah. I'm going with Bubba. Mm-hmm. The total package already yeah. asked me out. Mm-hmm. If you're ever going to yeah. be successful at this thing, you got to get over this. My, my son has a, a, a friend, and I'm not going to call him out by name, but mm-hmm. uh, it's a pretty funny story. He went up to a girl in, I don't know, 6th, 7th, 8th grade, whenever they had a dance of some sort, and uh, the girl was standing around a bunch of other girls. Mm-hmm. So just for him to walk up in, in this crowd of other girls, Ooh. you know, and ask this one girl, uh, yeah. hey, do you want to go to the dance? Mm-hmm. And she immediately turned him down. Right there in front of God right, and everybody. Yeah, right there in front of God and everybody. Okay. So what did he do? He turned to the one sitting next to her and said, hey, do you want to go to the dance? Yeah. There you go. That kid's going to make it. There life. you go. Yeah. Get up, knock yeah. yourself uh-huh. off, and do it again, cowboy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cowboy up and try yeah. again, right? I and, love uh, that. Another sports analogy, I think, and, and I think this was uh, Mike Tyson that said it back mm-hmm. best. You know, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Right. And all of us have been mm-hmm. punched in the mouth. Yeah. And you know, what do you do when you get punched in the mouth? Right? You, you swing again. Mm-hmm. You get back yep. in there, you know? Uh, and so uh, that's a, a great point about uh, another characteristic that the successful people have, and that is they don't let their failures hold them back, mm-hmm. slow them down, keep them from trying again. Here's one, uh, especially related to the financial uh, world. They have these successful people have an attitude about debt that sees debt as a tool. Right. Now, did I tell you that they were afraid of debt? No. Did I tell you they never used debt? No. So, how do you use debt, D E B T, as a tool? Well, I, I think with any tool, and I'll, I'll use a hammer, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and relate it to debt in this way. With a hammer, you can build a house, yeah. if you think about it, right? Yeah. But if you don't know how to use that hammer, you can have a lot of sore thumbs because <laughs> you're going to bang your thumbs when you're trying to nail a nail in, right? Yep, yep, yep. So debt is the same way. I think mm-hmm. debt is a tool that, uh, when used appropriately, can help you accomplish your goals. Okay. As long as the debt can be managed. All right, so very few 30-year-olds have $200,000 in their pocket. That's right. Meaning that it would be hard for mm-hmm. a 30-year-old to pay cash for a house. Sure. Right out of the bat. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, we suggest that by the time you're 30, 
you're you're working toward trying to build up some equity in That's some right. real estate. Sure. Right? So how do most 30-year-olds buy a house? Well, they put down a down payment and they borrow the rest. Which is debt. Is, which is debt. All right. And you would consider that as long as they, going back to being mm-hmm. real comfortable with your numbers and getting your percentages right on what you're spending per month, as, as long as they didn't overbuy mm-hmm. and they're overextending themselves, uh, that a certain portion of their monthly $4,000 in this example, a certain a, a, a portion of that should be spent Correct. in the early years mm-hmm. of your life on building yeah. equity and owning a home. Yeah. And most people... The only way they can do that mm-hmm. is to have a little bit of debt. Now, in this example, what are they doing with the debt? Well, they're building equity with it. So they're using the debt mm-hmm. to build their net worth. Right. I.e., use it as a tool. Mm-hmm. How do most investors or most people who are successful, like Daddy Warbucks over there, mm-hmm. he probably did that with a house. He probably had yeah. a... Yeah. Home mortgage sometimes. Mm-hmm. What else did he do related to his approach to debt? Well, maybe he invested in debt. Sure. He saw it as yeah. a tool. Now, how does he invest in debt? Um, he buys bonds. Right. Maybe. Right. Right? So I was going to take that on a bigger level, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about on the individual level here, but mm-hmm. look at big corporations, mm-hmm. right? A uh, big corporation, I'm just going to pick one and make up some numbers here. So none of this is accurate. Mm-hmm. Apple, right? Big okay. corporation, I think most of the folks out there in, in America have an Apple product of some sort. Right. Right? Phone, watch, right. iPad, whatever. And Apple is a big corporation, has lots of cash mm-hmm. sitting around, uh, you know, in, in their, their bank accounts, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. All around the world. And Apple could decide, hey, you know what? We've got this great new product that came out in research and development. We think that it's, you know, the, the, the next best thing since sliced bread. Mm-hmm. And they could go out and they could utilize their cash to put in factories and do all that. Mm-hmm. Or they could use that cash uh, as collateral, so to speak, and mm-hmm. borrow the money, mm-hmm. take the deduction mm-hmm. on the interest that they're, they're using for that to go out and put this new factory in, and they haven't spent their cash. Uh-huh. Leaves a little flexibility It's a in tool. Yeah, debt it's is a tool. a tool. And so if they can borrow the money, let's say at 5%, mm-hmm. And they think that this investment is going to pay them 10%. Right. They keep the 5% mm-hmm. and also keep their cash. Correct. Um, so they see it as a tool, mm-hmm. but they don't let it control them, which a lot of times we do when we're not really judiciously using the debt as a tool. Right. And we fall into using it like credit cards mm-hmm. or whatever. Now, we're going to come back and do a couple more characteristics of these financially successful people and then talk about how to handle that in light of what the world tells you you need to be spending your brain and your time on here from the Advisors Roundtable. Back here at the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you. We're talking about are we really that worried about what the economic outlook is for the coming six months or what the Fed is going to do around the corner? Are they going to end this war in Ukraine within the next year? Now, those are uh, impactful things. Mm -hmm. There are some people being directly hurt from them, and maybe you should have them in your thoughts and prayers. But for people who are uh, 
trying just do the right thing and have something to show for the money they're earning today from their jobs, the hard-earned time that they're putting in, should they be that mindful and worried and controlled by those things? I, th- I think that they should be more mindful and worried about the things that can directly impact their life. Mm-hmm. So the things I see on television, I don't have control over very many of those things. Do you have much control over the, the events in Ukraine right now? I've never been, Bubba. Right. <laughs> I mean, just to mm-hmm. tell you the truth, I've never been. Now, I met a couple people from the Ukraine. Right. They're nice folks. Sure. You know, God bless them. And, yeah. you know, I, I do. I'm concerned uh, about them. But, you know, I, I have no control. If you sympathize with those folks, you can help them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how do you help them, right? Mm-hmm. Do you send money? Mm-hmm. I, you're probably not going to travel there and mm-hmm. do anything. Yeah, my wife wouldn't, well, you know, she yeah. wouldn't sign off on that. But do you send money if you don't have any money to uh-huh. begin with? That's a real good point. Very so I good think, point. you know, getting back to, to home base here, yeah. what are the things that are going to affect uh, your world and your life around you? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it takes money to do that. And if I'm better with the things that mm-hmm. are in my world around me, then I may be in better position to help those Others. other folks. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. And so let's review what we've talked about related to these, these traits of these successful mm-hmm. people. First of all, you said they're consistent. Yep. Secondly, uh, they live below their means. Mm-hmm. They see debt as a tool. Um, they're opportunistic. They are opportunistic, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're always looking for deals. Yeah. Here, here, so real quickly, I think here's one that's, uh, that's very definitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's kind of twofold. Uh, number one, they're optimistic individuals. Mm-hmm. Right? They're, they're op. Um, yeah, they always have an outlook on life mm-hmm. about where are the opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're happy to be uh, in the place where they are, but they're mm-hmm. always looking to say, mm-hmm. how can we make things better, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that's a very important character trait. Yep. Yep. To go along with that, they are not resentful of other people who Ooh. are are better than they are Ooh. or have more money or Ooh. more successful. Ooh. And in fact, they admire those individuals mm-hmm. who are more uh, seemingly successful mm-hmm. than they are. Absolutely. A- actually, yeah. not only are they coachable and can they mm-hmm. learn themselves, they can learn from you. That's right. They can watch you mm-hmm. and say, you know, Bubba's done pretty well here. What has he done? Right. Or Bubba screwed that one up. Mm-hmm. What did he do there? Sure. I'm not going to yeah. do that. I know an individual who sold uh, sold his business recently mm-hmm. um, and did well at it. Uh, obviously, this individual has worked hard his entire career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, put blood, sweat, and tears, money, et cetera, et cetera, all that kind of thing in, into this business. And uh, genuinely, I, I heard about the sale of this business, and I was like, "Good for them!" You Absolutely. know, that's exactly what it's yep. about. Yep. That's exactly right. You, you didn't call up and say, how many million did you get? And no. then get mad at him because he's got more than you. No. Huh? No. You didn't? Did not. No. But there are some people who spend their time mm-hmm. on that. And all they want to do is find out how much you got. Right. Instead of figure out how he did it. Yeah. How, how'd you do it and how do I do it? Uh, yeah. And I guarantee you that individuals like that uh, mm-hmm. that are successful mm-hmm. uh, are 
you know, nine times out of 10, more than willing to sit down with individuals to help mentor them. Are they ever? Are they ever? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll tell you what, one of my favorite ti- pastimes is talking about me. Yeah. I mean, really? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. Right. A, a lot of us are that way. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I'll tell you how I got here, what I did or what I didn't do or when I failed or mm-hmm. when I had a Many folks are that way. And um, so, yeah, you make a good point about the resentment there. Uh, one of my coaches used to say that resentment is the emotion of the loser. Yep. Just think about that. Mm-hmm. Because when I resent you, I'm automatically admitting what? You scored more touchdowns That's than right. I did. You have yeah. more money than I did. You mm-hmm. had a prettier wife than I do. You did did mm-hmm. something better than me. Your kids seem mm-hmm. to do better in school. What, whatever. I'm admitting that I'm losing to you. Sure. If I'm resenting you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, don't don't spend any time on that. When all of the rest of the world is trying to convince you that. Ooh, this morning you need to get up, and the most important thing you need to do is listen to the next segment so that we can tell you what the market outlook mm-hmm. is. I need you. I, I think you need to stop and say, "What's my outlook on my life?" And do I have these six or seven characteristics that Bubba and Greg talked about? And today, I'm going to spend more of my brain power on those things. Right. I'm going to be more consistent. I'm going to use that. I'm going to be looking for opportunities. I'm, I'm going to be uh, listening and be coachable. Uh, here's, here's one of the last ones I want to uh, talk about. Those people are organized. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't say they're OCD. Right. All right. But they're organized. At least to the point of understanding where the money's coming from, mm-hmm. where the money's going, their approach to it. Um, what affects them and their decisions related to their mm-hmm. money and, and, and finances and success and investments and all that sort of stuff. They, they kind of organize those, those things. Sure. And when you have a conversation with them, they, they, they seem to kind of be mm-hmm. on top of it. Right. Because they're organized. Now, if I have all these characteristics, the things we just reviewed, and I do them, back to your first point, consistently, does it really make any difference in the long run what the Fed does? No. To somebody like that? No. It does not. Because Daddy Warbucks over there, mm-hmm. let's say he's 70 years old. Okay? Say he's 70 years old. That means he's been an adult for about 50 years. Right. Over the last 50 years, has the Fed in- increased interest rates a few times? Increased and decreased. They yeah. decreased them a mm-hmm. few times? Yeah. They've had a few meetings where they didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. They had a few me- meetings. Here's one. They did the wrong thing. Right. Mm-hmm. They went too far. Sure. They decreased them too far. They increased them too far. Did he live through that? He did. And did all that make that much difference in the long run to him? Not to him. No. No. So I probably... Do I need to look the other way and not think about this at all or just think about it casually or let it uh, infuse me a little bit and inf- influence some of my decisions? I, I think that that's where the opportunity comes, right? Oh. 
I think that you do need to pay attention to it. I think you need to be aware of it, mm-hmm. but I don't think you need to let it rule uh, all your decision making. Because the one characteristic mm-hmm. that we pointed out here about being consistent and knowing your numbers and living within your means and all those sorts mm-hmm. of things, the one that really will allow me to take some action for what's happening today is the one about taking advantage of opportunity. That's right. And if the market's in a bad place, Mm -hmm. maybe an opportunity. If stock markets are high, Mm -hmm. may or may not be an opportunity. Mm -hmm. If stock markets are low, may be an opportunity. Mm -hmm. If interest rates go up and I got a little extra cash, is that an opportunity? Absolutely it is. So uh, you need to have that characteristic Mm -hmm. that will take advantage of opportunities and understand that despite what the news is and despite what they're saying on television and despite what you may be feeling within your your fear, Mm -hmm. uh, the part of your, your personality, hang in there. Number one characteristic. Consistency. Be consistent. And... You wake up, and you don't worry about these mm-hmm. things. And you take advantage of opportunities as they come along, and nobody else is in charge of your life. All of that here from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planners, LLC. Ignite Planners, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.